start. And okay. welcome to our first ever Empowered Women Live. And I feel so extremely blessed that we are starting it with Brittany. Brittany is a powerhouse. Brittany is a powerhouse. Like when I say that she has been third three times, three times winner, uh, third winner of uh, strong women competition in the world. And that is like, I, I always feel like that is only 20% of Brittany's introduction. So Brittany, before we kick off, do you want to say just teeny bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So I live in Massachusetts, born and raised on the North Shore, and I've always been an athlete and I love, love competing. It's exposed me to opportunities and travel opportunities that I never would have been able to. So I feel very fortunate. And I my dream has been to turn it into a business. So I get to do what I love. I'm always learning. And again, this today, what I'm doing right now live is just an example of some of the things I get involved with day to day. Yes. And uh, Brittany wouldn't say it herself, but she's extremely gen generous person, extremely generous with her advice and help and support to anyone who wants to have a coaching career and otherwise also. And uh, another thing, Brittany, you forgot to mention, you are a founder of BDMIS LLC, a coaching company. Yes. So I have my own business. My nickname when I'm lifting is B Dimes because of my name, Brittany Diamond. It just someone called it one to me one day and it just kind of stuck. That's how people knew me. So I founded it almost two years ago to this day. Again, I just kind of, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing when it came to the business aspect, but I knew how to coach and I knew I loved it. So again, always learning, always evolving. And yeah, I'm happy to help, especially as I get older. You know, I'm 28. I think when I was younger, entering this field, I kind of saw people as my competition. I approached it like a sport. And now I'm in a totally different mindset. I love to help people. I believe that everyone brings something unique to the table. And like any job, just because there's a couple people online that do it doesn't mean that everyone can't do it. Just, you know, takes a little bit of fine tuning. So that's what we'll talk about today. Thank you for being here, Brittany. Thank you for being here. So here is my first question. I have never been a coach and uh, I haven't really had a coach, but I always keep on wondering with this idea. I and uh, I, you know, in back of my mind, somewhere in my heart, I know that I need a coach for various parts of my life. But why do you think anyone ever needs a coach? I think it's important to have a coach in a few different realms, whether that be, you know, for fitness or career or just even like a mentor. I think it's important because you need someone that you can bounce ideas off of. Oftentimes, I think people think a coach is just someone that is giving you something to do, but it's much, much more than that. A good coach, the relationship that they have with their clients is you really want to work as a team and they should help you evolve in multiple ways. They always you know, see your best interests. That's why it's really important. It's, it's a very close relationship that you'll build with your clients. So like any kind of relationship, you have to make sure that you click. You have completely opposing views for what you're working with, then it's probably not going to work. But you're usually able to kind of feel that pretty quickly. And over the years, I've gotten really good at 
even just through a questionnaire, identifying if someone would be a good fit for me. And I'll never lie, you know, I'll never take business if someone isn't going to be a good fit. I'll point them in the right direction, but I won't undertake them. Yeah. Because we started, I had not planned for this question, but because we started in this direction, I want to ask you, so uh, as a coach, how do you decide if someone is a right fit for you or not? Great question. And that's something I've kind of fine tuned over the years, because when I first started, you know, I was just excited to get business and would jump on any opportunity. But now I, so I have a set questionnaire that I send out to people and generally from their answers, I can tell if we'll be a good fit. For example, because I do this all remotely, if someone has never trained in their life, you know, I'm not going to be a good fit for them. They belong with someone that's much more hands-on and can guide them in person. And there's even times still where I'll get a questionnaire and I'm not entirely sure. So what I'll do is I'll have a phone conversation or Skype interview just to ask, you know, dig a little bit deeper. And I feel like I use my intuition a lot, which I know might sound kind of funny. And I'm not always right, of course, but just from having so many clients over the years, I'm usually able to tell pretty quickly now. Yeah. And there was a one very, uh, there was an underlying tip that you gave to all of us, not just for coaches, but all of us, which is if you don't find a people emotional fit with someone or uh, fit with someone, it's okay to say no to that business. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that gives you more business in the future and makes you more respected because even if you say no to someone, they'll appreciate that. They'll appreciate your honesty, you know, because I don't want to steer anyone wrong. And there's plenty of people that I've had to turn away before, but I do my best to always have a solution for them. I don't want to just leave them hanging. I'll do my best, you know, to do the research and find someone that is a better fit. That is, that is, you know, the generosity I was talking about, Brittany generosity. It's like, if that business is not for you, you are not the fit, you will give it to someone else and will both coachy, if that's the word, coachy and coach both of them, right? And I want to ask, this question is very Brittany, for Brittany question, which is, uh, you are an amazing person, extremely talented person. You could be doing so many things, like, so many things I can think of you can have a career in, and yet you choose to be a coach. Why? So that is a great question and perfect time that you asked that because just recently, I'm talking about a month ago, I decided to do this full time. I've always done it as a side business and with Corona and just my field changing, I decided to do it full time. and. I'm grateful that I decided at this moment because I've had so much different experience that I wouldn't trade in for the world because many coaches, you know, they go to school for this. They are in love with fitness, which is, of course, you have to be passionate about helping people first and then fitness second. But I wouldn't trade my background for a second. I think the corporate world, I've been involved. I've worked at Boston Business Journal, more on the journalism side. I work for a startup where we met. And for the past couple of years, I've been in medical and pharma sales, working crazy hours. But no matter what my job was, I always bonded with people through common ground. And most people, if not everyone, 
at some point in their life wants to clean up their diet or wants to, you know, become stronger. And I've always just bonded with people through that. They, yeah, they tell me about it and it's, you know, it's just kind of a common ground and I'm just so passionate about it. I found myself, even when I was, I was in the OR one day for medical sales, somehow I got literally, (laughs) the surgeon was wrapping up something. We got to talking about working out. So it just kind of always followed me. So yeah, they say to follow your passion and the money will come. So that's why I coach. And in your case, your passion followed you. Wherever you went, coaching followed you. And it was always there telling you, Brittany, I'm your career. Exactly. It was always there. Sometimes I would ignore it. And this could be a whole other conversation because the way I grew up, I really strive to make X amount of money by this age. And, you know, money is great, but money doesn't always buy happiness. So again, that's a whole different conversation, but. I like the way you use the word always, like money doesn't always buy happiness. (laughs) Okay. So then there are, you know, I have seen in my experience, I have seen good coaches and I have seen great coaches. and. I and however you know like I can intuitively or like I can see they're good and great but I can't really point out the difference so how can someone be a great coach and what's the difference between being a good coach and great coach I believe the difference between so I think a good coach is someone that does their job gives their clients what they need you know writes them a plan supports them I think to be exceptional like anything in life you have to go above and beyond so you really have to read i've developed a lot i've taken a lot of time into courses learning how to read people and learning how to develop communication and relationship skills because every single person is different and you have to respect that like i'm a very outgoing person i have no problem talking to people but not everyone's like that So sometimes, you know, for example, I might have a client that might write me when they check in a one sentence check in. And then I might have a client that might write me an essay. So I've learned to kind of fine tune how I interact with them. You know, there's some people that I definitely want to get on the phone with them or get on a video call because I know that they'll express more to me and I'll be able to read them more and truly help them. Where there are some people that you know, if I speak to them on the phone, I've actually had a couple of clients where there's been a language barrier. So for that, it's much, much better to do, you know, through typing and through email and things like that. So I think it's just learning, you know, constantly developing and just having respect that you're going to work with all different walks of life and just learning how to adapt. Yeah. And coming from, you know, the background of customer centricity and everything, I can see what you're saying is be the coach the way they want to be coach the way they want to be coached. You might have your style, but try to fit your style to their style because it's about them and not about you. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have already started getting questions. So reminder to everyone who is listening uh, that please keep on sending us your questions. And I'm going to pull up first question from Katie. There's so many. Yes. Yeah. I'll let you read them. I'm a little farther away, so it's hard to see. 
Yes, 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 I will. Yes, I will. So Katie is asking, what has surprised you the most in your transition to coaching full time? What has surprised me the most is just the opportunities that start to present themselves. You know, this might sound funny, but I'm a huge believer in like everything happening for a reason and the universe kind of when you're following your passion, you know, good things will happen. And I felt like for so long I was ignoring what my true calling was because I was fearful. You know, change is of any kind is scary. And so that's just what I found. Like every day I feel lucky. I'm so excited that something else will pop up or, you know, I don't, I have some big news I'm launching soon. I can't legally say it yet, but it just never and never did I expect this to happen so quick. So yeah, I think just when you follow your passion, you'll be surprised how quickly things can evolve. Yeah. So that's what's really has surprised me. <laughs> I sometimes kind of feel like I'm living a dream. So and I was talking to someone this morning and they were talking about, you know, like uh, quietness in which you follow your heart or your passion. So we, we need to get away from noise every now and then noise of, you know, what someone else is doing. And that way we can focus on what our passion is, because I guess not everyone like Brittany knows what their passion, exact passion is. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, next Next, there's someone is giving you a really long compliment, which is from Carolina. And Carolina is saying, love what you just said about listening to your intuition, both when deciding who to work with and who to say no to. And in following the path that it kept trying to push you towards, such a difficult thing to do. So easy to get lost in others' expectations often without even realizing. We just talked about that, Carolina. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, you know, I can sit here and talk about it. It wasn't easy and it still isn't easy. I have my doubts and my insecurities about it almost daily. So I really just do my best. You know, the biggest thing for me was if I'm going to be authentic as a coach and help people and push them out of their comfort zone, if I can't do it to my own self, then I'm not a good fit to do it to others. So I just constantly remind myself of that aspect of it because it pushes me to, you know, make decisions and to be a little less scared. I won't say I'm not still a little scared sometimes, but <laughs> it is what it is. Keep those questions coming, guys. Keep those questions coming. Uh, next question is from Zach. He's asking, as an elite athlete, you must have high expectations. How do you work with people who don't have that same intensity and desire to win? Zach, that is such a great question and something that I struggled with very badly in the beginning. I just couldn't comprehend, you know, because I'll see the potential in someone. Because, for example, oftentimes people come on board, you know, they're so excited. They have big life goals big changes. And my job as a coach is to help them fulfill that and make a reasonable plan. And sometimes it really bummed me out if someone, you know, didn't check in when they were supposed to. And at one point, you know, I've learned to evolve and develop better boundaries because I almost felt like I was a babysitter to some people. And that was causing me stress and anxiety because I sit here worried, like if a client didn't check in, you know, I, I joke, I'm like a worried mom, like, did something happen? Where are they? And then I learned 
you know, through, like I said, professional development and just learning that everyone has different styles that I'm not a babysitter. So I make that very clear from the beginning. And I actually have people write down their goals. I have them write down a couple goals, um, you know, for life, what they want to work on over the next month, long-term wise, et cetera. And I'm able to kind of read through that and identify, you know, how serious they are or not. And that's fine. Like some people want to be, you know, I, I have competitors that want to be, you know, competing in powerlifting or world strongest women or something. And then I just have regular everyday people that their goal is just to live a little bit longer and they need to make better decisions. So yeah, I guess just going back to reading people, but yeah, great question. Cause that's something that I've worked on. And even to this day, I'll still get very emotionally invested and it can be very tiring when I know I care more than them. That's a very hard aspect of it for sure. Keep those questions coming, guys, because, you know, Brittany, because we said that I, I really want to talk about uh, a coaching, remote coaching career also. So that's why I want to take our direction slightly, take us slightly in that direction, which is, uh, uh, did you coach remotely before COVID or is that the change that came about because of COVID? Uh, my business was actually built on coaching remotely. So very grateful because obviously no one <laughs> saw what was happening coming. And that's what really pushed me COVID to make this, you know, full time and not just a side business. But I always did it remotely. You know, I did do some in person as well, especially when I was younger. But in order, because I was in medical and pharma sales and I was traveling to different regions so often, I didn't want, I didn't have the flexibility to make a set schedule where like, okay, I can meet you at 7am. I can meet you at this time. But, you know, with remote coaching, I'm able to, because I have different policies, you know, will I respond, you know, I pick, I have a certain day where like clients will check in. And I always have like a 24 hour response time. So it gives me the flexibility at maybe some days I'm answering them at 4am. Maybe sometimes it's 8pm. It's kind of a little all over the place. I've, again, something I've learned to fine tune now that it is full time. But yeah, so I have been coaching remotely. And also that must have given you a transition period, like people who are considering being coaches, but don't want to yet, you know, because everyone has to pay bills, don't want to go through that transition complete, like want to go through a transition, but don't make to want to make 100% change right now. It's a good option for them. They can Absolutely. Definitely. Because you can start and no matter what, this doesn't just apply to fitness coaching. Like if there's something that you were thinking about starting, it could be anything. I have a, I have friends that make a living using like Poshmark. They, they sell stuff. They, you know, buy something, they go thrift shopping and they sell it. And that's, you know, so it's just, if you have a, an idea, just run with it because you never know what it can turn into. And that's what I did. I was coaching and I didn't even establish my LLC and go the legal business route until I was doing it for about a year. I just started. That's what I was going to tell people. Like, that's the hardest part to start. You can think, plan, but until you execute, nothing's going to happen. That's so true. Yeah. One day we just have to, all of us just have to start. If we keep on thinking, we can keep on thinking forever. And, you know, we don't need to build something 100% perfect. We can go on improving it as we do it. And uh, so what do you, uh, so you are saying you have never, I had a question, which is, you know, what do you prefer coaching in person or remotely, but you already answered that. 
in why you have been yeah there. no I still I love coaching in person I absolutely do but I am able to reach more people remotely and I still do I do seminars but I don't do the one-on-one -on -one anymore yeah. but I love seminars yeah there's nothing like in person in uh, uh, a lot of coaching, Brittany, is based on, you know, interpersonal relationship. We just figured that out. I just figured that out in our conversation so far. So how do you build those relationships when you are not in person? Is it difficult? No, great question. I believe that my background, so I've always been a very detail-oriented person. And where I had the corporate marketing and sales background, one thing that I always did, because I noticed very early on, people loved it. Even when I was really young, I did this. I always wrote down like people's birthdays and I tried to remember, you know, their dog's name or their neighbor or just something that they mentioned. I'd purposely like tuck it away. And, you know, sometimes I'd write it down. I feel like I don't really have to do that anymore because I'm able to associate associate in a certain way with my the way my mind works and I feel like that goes a long way and it's easy online because it's, in some ways it's actually easier you know it's hard because you can't read someone's body language but oftentimes I'll pick up on the way you know I get to know how someone talks and they'll casually mention stuff and I always encourage right when a client when I'm onboarding a client one of the documents that I give to them is to tell me, you know, I want to know what's going on because I believe that health, you know, isn't just about lifting weights and dieting. It's the mind, body, spirit, all three of those that I like to say. And if, if you know, if you're having stress from your family life or job, you know, I, I encourage them to confide that stuff in me because it's, it's only going to help me, you know, because stress affects you. Maybe if there's, you know, if they're going through a divorce or something very stressful, then you know what, we're going to, we're going to take training down notch that week yeah. so just have to adjust yeah and being a coach is like you know it's a it's a deep relationship it's a deep relationship and if you i'm pretty sure if you keep it superficial you won't get the results the way you would want them to get absolutely yeah i joke oftentimes it's and i read and i had a job where i was working with psychs and mps that were helping people so on my own, I researched a lot about like the human brain and conditions and psych is just a passion of mine too. So there is an aspect of being a therapist or a life coach that goes into training. You know, honestly, I think that's probably, someone told me very early on in my coaching career, it's not what you know, it's how much you care. And that really stuck with me because that was a coach that I looked up to. And yes, of course, the knowledge of training is important, but like any field, people are going to be able to tell very early on if you're sincere, authentic, and if you care, or if you're just doing it to make some money. That, that's, you said it so beautifully, and uh, it's, it's like being a coach is a big responsibility. It's, uh, it's a combination of therapist, consultant, and mentor. Absolutely. That's, that's a, you, you put it beautifully. <laughs> and it's a big responsibility. Like money, fine money is a part of it that you would get because, you know, you're putting in some work, but you are responsible. In a way, you are responsible for someone else's life and how what they achieve out of their life. Absolutely. And, you know, I have, I have coaches. I've had people that I've worked with 
And I think sometimes there's, you know, a negative stipulation. It's like, well, if you have a co- if you're a coach, why do you need a coach? And it's like, I think everyone can use, you know, it just helps you, it holds you accountable. It gives you a soundboard to bounce ideas off of and just really helps you develop. You know, you can't do, I know we live in a society and a culture that says like you are 100% independent, which yes, that's important, but we're put on this earth, you know, to help others. And I truly believe, like I've noticed the more I help and people like you told me I was generous. I feel like I'm generous because I love it. And it also, it, it never has not come back to me ever. So. I believe you. And we talked about a lot of things that are, you know, good about being a coach. Like you talked about coaching so well. I had never even thought of being a coach. And now it feels like, why am I not a coach? It seems like such a beautiful thing to do. But I mean, everyone has an expertise that they can, you know, even before this, when we were going live, I was asking you for help with the newsletters. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to ask you, like, for Brittany Diamond, for Brittany Diamond, what is the best thing about being a coach? Just the stories in the relationships. Um, very, very specifically, I've developed great relationships. And I keep it, you know, I'm respectful of, you know, they're not my best friends. They are still, I want to have that coach-client relationship. But it's just given me opportunities to talk to so many different walks of life. And I've even worked with the people in various countries. So just learning about the different cultures is the most rewarding part to me. You know, it's like I can be in my office working, but I might be dealing with a client that's over in Sweden hearing about what's going on there. So it makes things really interesting and exciting. Yeah, we have a question from Ariel. I'm just going to put it here, which is, yeah, the passion is really apparent, Brittany. And do you have any tips for how to create boundaries between work and play or overcharging to prevent burnout? Great question. I often get that a lot. And again, something I struggled with in the beginning because I thought to be the best coach, I had to always be there. And I know it sounds cliche, but you know how they say, if you can't help yourself, you can't help others. That is 1000% true. So some tips, what I do um, to create boundaries with clients specifically is I have a communication guideline that I sent them where everything is, you know, listed clearly, like if it's an emergency, you know, they can reach me, but what constitutes an emergency? Because in the beginning I had people reaching out for things that weren't necessarily important. So, you know, I kind of set up a process and timeline for how I get back to them. Um, But for me to answer the question in a different way, boundaries between work and play for me, that is something that, I'm getting better at. I've learned that in an age, especially when Corona hit with the cell phone and working remotely, it was like people expected you to be there constantly, even more so like I was still working my corporate job when Corona first happened. And I noticed that it was almost like the team had no respect. They were texting at all hours. And I learned I was going to go crazy if I didn't set those boundaries. So something even as simple as I put my phone on do not disturb starting at a certain time every night and only certain people, you know, like loved ones and close friends are able to get through. So just learning different things like that, because 
even so um, if I'm trying to relax that night, like one thing I do to relax is I like to go to the gym. Of course, I got to train myself and I like to walk outside. And sometimes, you know, I have to be on my phone. That's of course part of it. But I do try a few times a week to just not look at a screen. And I feel like that really rounds me and helps me. Otherwise, you know, I get into work mode and it's hard to break free of that. So I hope that answers your question. <laughs> But for me, it does. Ariel, does that answer your question? Let me know in the comments. And we are we are kind of at time. Oh, we have already. We got so busy with talking that we didn't realize that we were just time flies. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and especially when you are having a great conversation. And uh, so I have, you know, before I let you go, I have one last question, which is, if just. Tell us one thing, one thing that people should do tomorrow if they want to start being a great coach. One thing, one piece of advice I would do is to write down, I'm big on this and I know a lot of people say this, write down, define, and don't let my opinion or anyone else's matter, define to you and your field what you think would be a good coach. So kind of take, take the perspective of if it were someone you were hiring, what would you want? And then apply that to yourself. That's such a cool thing to do. Like, put it's like almost like role playing. Like you be you if you were looking for a coach. Uh, some someone had posted a, a quote somewhere today, which was you know like uh, about you know more like do and like be the be the change you want to be in the world kind of. Yeah. Thing. Which are also in the small, like, like try to define what kind of coach you would want and you will come at a good solution. Absolutely. Thank well, you. thank you everyone for joining. This was awesome. Um, maybe we can do it again, hopefully sometime. But yeah, I try to give out tidbits of information on social media often. So I do the question feature about once a month. So don't hesitate to ask any other questions. I'm happy to help any way I can. And uh, I will post, I will post here and everywhere else, you know, if you look up Brittany Diamond, you should, you should find all her social channels and, uh, and her website. And she is, you know, she is not just generous here. She's usually generous everywhere. So everywhere she keeps on posting a lot of important information about fitness and coaching and a lot of other things follow her it's i follow her and i every time i see her post i learn so many new things thank you thank you so much Brittany, for being here everyone is saying thank you in comments i think you should see thanks that. everyone for joining yes i can't wait to read all these after yeah thank you guys thank you so much for joining and we will see you wednesday of next month with another powerful guest like Brittany. It's difficult to find another Brittany, but we will try. You will. <laughs> Thanks again, Brittany. Bye, everyone. Take care.